0: One, two, one, two.
1: Good morning. Feliz dia de madre. Uh, uh, Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Going to get you a feel of Spanish today. Believe it or not, Mohammed has brought the mountain to us, not us having to go to the mountain. Uh, and, And we have the Rio Grande Bible Institute group called the Ambassadors, the musical group from their Church, we will be going in another week, we will be going down to McAllen, Texas, to the Rio Grande Bible Institute, so it's a good opportunity for us to see a little about what's happening. They have over 200 students that are studying to go into the ministry in some uh, way or the other down there, so you're going to get a great opportunity to uh, see them. Uh, today and see a, just a small example of what's going on, um, uh, I, but I want to introduce you to Tim Blyker. Tim Bliker is one of our missionaries. He does the ministry walk through the Bible. He does it in English and in Spanish, and has traveled all over the world doing that ministry. And I'm going to introduce Tim, and then Tim can introduce the group. Thanks, my buddy. Dios le bendiga. Ric- Gracias. Hermano.
2: Y abundantemente. Gracias Dean, this is an exciting time for me because um, this year we've been, Debbie and I have been working with these students and watching them improve in their their, uh, practicing in the music and you guys get to hear it and we've been really excited about getting to present the ambassadors, the embajadores to you. Uh, if you don't have a brochure, I hope there's enough for everybody. Um, they have, if when they're singing in Spanish, you can read the words in Spanish or the transla- translation in English, and if uh, they're singing in English, you can read the Spanish also, uh, whichever you would like, and so I'm going to ask the embajadores to come now, and... Um, Let's start with, de una vez, el bajista, que vengas para acá, por favor. Y los demás, que vayan a sus lugares. Mm-hmm. What is your name?
3: My name is Juan. My name is Juan. Where are you from? I'm from Nicaragua.
2: What is Nicaragua?
3: In Central America?
2: Eh, so. It's a country in Central America.
3: And so uh, what do you study? I um, study um, pastoral studies. Use,
2: yeah. So your, your desire is to be a pastor. Tu deseo es ser pastor.
3: Yes. <laughs> and working in the future is um, planting church. Ah, ahora, hoy es un día muy pero muy especial.
2: Today is a very very special day. ¿Saben por qué? Do you know why?
4: <risa>
3: es el día de las madres. It's Mother's Day. más más flores Okay. Ahora, now, <laughs> eh, estamos
2: muy contentos. We're very happy
3: por permitirnos estar acá.
2: That you permitted us to be here.
3: Y también eh, queremos eh, que disfruten las
2: alabanzas. And we would like you to enjoy the praises.
3: Y también eh, las mamás que puedan disfrutar.
2: And especially the mothers that you can enjoy. Muy bien, gracias. And over here we have a young lady in front of the drum. What is your name and what, is, what are you studying?
5: Hi, my name is Michelle. I'm from Mexico and my major is Christian Education.
2: And Mr. Guitar Player.
6: This is Big ukulele.
2: It's a big ukulele.
6: <laughs> my name is Matias. I'm from Chile, and I'm starting to be a pastor.
7: My name is Helen, or in Spanish, Spanish Yanela. And I'm from Ecuador, and my major is Christian education and missions.
2: She started with Christian ed- education, and a third of the students... Their major is missions, and she's hearing and watching and seeing missions, 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 and she says, you know what? I'm switching, which makes her have to study and stay longer, but it's worth it, and she's so excited about missions, and we, we talk about, about missions also, and we already introduced Juan from Nicaragua, and then you, Mr. Zy- Xylophone player, what is your name, and where are you from, and what do you study?
5: My name's Amy. I'm from Ecuador, and I'm studying Christian education.
2: And with that, we will start hearing the ambassadors.
5: Thank you, Tim. Our first song is Everything That Has Breath. is from Abisayamada. He's a good friend of us.
3: Sobre
4: todo, nombre, Rey de toda la creación, todo lo que respira la vea, Señor. Hoy cantamos tu grandeza por los siglos, eres Dios, eres Dios.
6: Thank you. The next song it's called. It's a hymn, classic hymn, and it's called "Oh Victory in Jesus." And in Spanish, it's "Es el nombre Victoria en Cristo o hoy bendita historia."
4: Historia de Jesús que en su gloria al Calvario decidió venir para salvarme a mí su sangre derramada se aplicó feliz a mi alma me dio victoria sin igual cuando me arrepentí y a forever he sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood.
5: there's no one like him Uh, and uh, you can find it also in the booklet you have so um, it talks about that he's worthy of our praise because there's no one like him
6: this song has been written by a staff from the school that we are studying his name is nelson matus and he's from chile so this is a good song
5: song, God. Please, if you know it, sing with us.
4: For God is an awesome God, he reigns from heaven.
6: so much the next song it's a medley of hymns there are four hymns and they are very known so we would like if you sing with us and feel free to join
4: Quieres el salvo de toda mal? Tan solo hay poder en mi Jesús. Quieres vivir y gozar santidad. Tan solo hay poder en Jesús. Hay poder, poder, sin igual poder. Para mí, hallándome perdido en digno pecado, me salvó y hoy me guarda para sí. Me salva del pecado, me guarda de satán promete estar conmigo hasta el fin. Él consuela mi tristeza, me quita toda cosas Cristo ha hecho para mí en la cruz en la cruz lo primero vi la luz y las manchas de mi alma el amor fue allí porque y siempre feliz con el ser. En la cruz, en la cruz, to oh, primero vi la luz y las manchas de mi alma en la voz.
5: Good morning again. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony for you. Uh, I was born in a Christian family, but even though I grew up in the church, um, well, I was that kind of kid that knew all the Bible stories and all the answers uh, in the Bible school. But uh, I wasn't a Christian yet. I didn't understand about Jesus, even though I was just hearing all the time the Bible stories. But um, one day uh, I received one of the Samaritan sports boxes, um, and in that box uh, I founded a book. Well, I was really excited to receive this box because it had, you know, toys and several things. Um, and inside of that box it was a book uh, called uh, "The Best Gift." So um, I, I was seeing that you had this. Um, announcement here uh, that you could make a box, and I just, uh, I was happy because I, well, God used this box to make me receive Christ, and I'm going to tell you how, but uh, for me, it's really encouraged, uh, an encouragement to see that many of you maybe have done these boxes, and maybe now you can meet, meet, meet someone that uh, received this box and was blessed uh, through through. This box. So uh, I received this box uh, when I was five years old. And uh, my mom used to read this, this book to me. It had several images there. Uh, the Bible stories from Genesis to the death of Jesus. So uh, I just loved the images and all that. And I was always asking my mom to read it to me and my brother. So I remember one specific day that she was reading it. Uh, the Holy Spirit... Uh, gave me this conviction of sin, Uh, and even though I was a little child, I understood that I was a sinner and that I needed Jesus Christ. So in that moment, my mom helped me to pray, and I asked the Lord to forgive me for my sins, to clean me with his blood, and I received him in in my heart. So um, I I wanted to encourage you to keep doing those boxes because that was one of the ways God used for me uh, to uh, lead me to him and then well uh, when I was 12 years old um, um, uh the Lord called called me to serve him I had this desire to serve him um, whole time uh, but I didn't know where or how but uh, when I finished high school um, just to make it short it's you know a long story I would be here telling you many things but uh, to make it short uh, when I graduated high school, uh, I was just trying to look where, where to go to study the Bible. And I knew about Rio Grande Bible Ministries because my brother studied there. Uh, but I wasn't sure if that was the place where God wanted me to be. So um, I was just praying, seeing different options. But something I loved about Rio Grande Bible College is the vision they had because I read the book, that were uh, telling the story of how the ministry began. So uh, it was amazing to see how this man wanted to create it, uh, an institute where people from South America could go to study uh, to prepare themselves to serve the Lord in South America. So he wanted it to be in Spanish. He wanted to have this school there. So he um, bowed his knee in this empty, empty place, terreno, field, an empty field, and um, it wasn't his, but he prayed, the Lord, Lord, I want to build here a Bible college that would uh, help people from South America study here, and and then the Lord gave him the the field uh, for a really cheap price and everything. It was so amazing how how the Lord um, helped him, and, you know, we can see that how this ministry started. And so I love the mission, and that's why I came to prepare my, myself uh, in this school. Uh, I don't know uh, if I'm going back to to South America or staying here. I'm just um, praying so the Lord could guide me because I want to do his will. But that's how I came, and, and I just want to serve the Lord, and that's why I'm, I'm preparing in this college. So I just wanted to uh, share this for you and I hope it it was a blessing for you and encourage you to keep doing those boxes because there are people there in South America who are receiving it. Maybe you don't know them, but they are receiving it and that's a blessing for us. Yeah, thanks. Our next song is...
6: Great is Thy Faithfulness.
5: Thank you. (laughs)
6: Thank you so much. The next song is called uh, Turn Your Eyes. It has a little change, but we hope that you enjoyed it as well.
4: So. Oh.
6: Thank you so much. Um, Now we we are going to invite the preacher for today. Oh, there you go.
0: i got to have my clicker. Name a clicker. Well, while they were playing and singing, I uh, figured out real quick, I love the violin, but this right here, (laughs) I mean, number one, you get to sit down. And then like you just get the, wait a minute, so, I'm available to go on the road if you need. (laughs) Oh my goodness, what a wonderful to be able to hear from these guys this morning and it got me to thinking about, you know, every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Um, I had 37 pages of notes for today, or slides, and um, then I reduced it to seven, and now we're just not going to look at any of them. I wanted to uh, start with this slide right here. Can y'all read that? I tried to word it in love, you know what I mean? That last part, in love, they demolished Gulf Shores yesterday, 9 to 4. But where are Brook and Hope? Where are they at? Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Hey, stand up. All right, congratulations. All right, isn't that wonderful? All right, well... Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers uh, this morning, and I was thinking this week, my mom went to be with the Lord, it'll be eight years in August uh, that she'll be with the Lord, and uh, I'm so, so thankful to know that she's with the Lord. I want to ask you a question this morning, do you know that that you'll be with the Lord? Do you know for sure that you'll be with the Lord? Um, I think that's something that every person needs to think about. But if you are going to give a gift to your mom, the greatest gift that she could ever receive, the greatest news that she could ever receive is that you, as a child or a grandchild, belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to Acts 16. We'll just do something a little different this morning. and. Um, I was listening to the testimony of Amy, and I was like, Man, there's just so many different testimonies that individuals have. And I think it's important that you know what yours is. That, that you're able to recall the day, the time, the vicinity anyway. I know some people have spoken to me before and say, Hey, Thad, I, I don't remember this specific day. That's okay. I don't remember the specific day it was for me, but I remember where I was, and I remember the man that opened the gospel up to me, uh, Phil Newsom, and uh, he shared the gospel with me, and it wasn't the first time I'd ever heard the gospel. I'd heard the gospel several times leading up to the point of salvation, and and you may be one of those today, that you've been in church, and you've heard the gospel, and um, you know you're kind of riding the coattails of your parents or grandparents and say, maybe even have the phrase down, hey, I'm in a Christian family or I belong, you know, to Christ because my mom and dad do or I feel like it's going to rub off on me and I'll be good and, you know, you'll have just the answer that you need when you stand before Christ and, and yet you may be sitting here this morning and you do not know for sure that you belong to Christ. I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm not talking about the person in front of you. I'm not talking about the person on this side or that side. I'm talking about you. Do you know you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I asked a man that in Chicago years ago when we were sitting on his front porch. And I said, do you, do you believe one day you're going to heaven? And he said, eventually. I said, what do you mean, Eventually. He said, I believe that eventually I will end up in heaven. And his doctrine was that one day he would be prayed to heaven, that eventually he would arrive with all the other saints to that place that we know as heaven. And I remember sitting there thinking how sad that was to listen to that answer, hoping that saints who were dead would pray him to heaven. Every single person in this room will stand before Jesus Christ. And you will stand before him saved or not. And if you're standing before him saved, it will be all because of the righteousness of Christ. It will be because you have been covered with his righteousness. It's not going to be anything that you've done, anything that you've said... It's going to be trust in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross at Calvary and dying for your sins. If you don't have a testimony, might I encourage you, you need one. If you don't know what you would say to someone who says to you, hey, how do you get saved? you might want to think through, how does a man get saved? How does one come to Christ? Is it through the works that they do? Or is it through faith in what Christ did for them on the cross at Calvary? I was reminded this morning as I was sitting there, there are different ways to present the gospel. Um, And what I mean by that is different settings. It's not always the same setting, My setting was in my home and I was in the kitchen when Phil presented the gospel of Jesus Christ to me. I don't know where you were, but hopefully you can recall that when that day when the Spirit of God convicted you of your sin and your need for Christ. Um, I hope you remember that because it's something that we should remember We should have a testimony, and if we can't remember all the specific details, we should remember the detail that I came to understand I was a sinner in need of a Savior who was Christ the Lord. There's different settings as it relates to a person's salvation. Not all of us have a Damascus Road testimony. In fact, I've heard people say this before. Well, mine's just not that great. I don't have the story that Saul had on the road to Damascus. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. You have a story. You have a story of when you came to Christ. And that's the story that you need to think through this morning. And I don't know some of you here this morning. I don't know who you are. I see your face, but I have not met you. And uh, one of my sons and I were talking about Just last night, in fact, what would be a message you would give to people that you didn't know? And I said, Well, the gospel. Because at the end of the day, it's about knowing Jesus Christ. And you know, we can say that in a church, and if we've been in church for a long time, it almost kind of is like, Man, I've heard that before. Well, can I say we can never hear it enough? We can't ever hear it enough. We can't ever hear enough about the gospel of Jesus Christ and what Christ was willing to do for us on the cross at Calvary and dying for our sins. If anyone knew of a changed life, it certainly was Saul, who we know as the Apostle Paul. And it's in the context of his second missionary journey, this story has always just grabbed a hold of me. You don't have to run that. We're not using that. We're just going as the spirit goes. How about that? So the setting is that Paul and Timothy are on the second missionary journey, and they come to a place called Philippi. The Bible says in verse 13 of chapter 16, these words, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. Isn't it interesting? Um, There's a lot of emphasis in the scriptures on prayer. I I just love this scene here of women praying. It it seems to be no different in the 21st century, does it? Uh, Women pray. I don't know how you take that, men, but um, they seem to be a lot more dependent creatures than we are as men. But certainly these... That's what they were looking to. And verse 14 says, A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God. Can I just stop there and ask you a question? Are you a worshiper of God? On a regular basis. Not just on Sunday. Not just gathered here. But a worshiper of God. Isn't it wonderful to live in a free country where we can worship the Lord in spirit and truth every single day? Bible says she was a worshiper of God and was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. It happened as they were going to the place of prayer. A slave girl, having a spirit of divination, met us, who was bringing her master's much profit, By fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Wow, what a statement. What a testimony. Right? A testimony right here in verse 17. That was the testimony of Paul. He kept proclaiming the way of salvation. In other words, it was a lifestyle for him. It become his way of life. In other words, practically speaking, he couldn't enter an arena or anywhere without looking at a person and saying, the best thing that I can tell you is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, verse 18 says, she continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out at that very moment. Well, look at the result of this. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe being Romans. Verse 22, the crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. Well, it cost to follow Christ, right? At least it did then. I think it does now. It does around the world. It's coming here. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So it was costing them. Presenting the way of salvation cost them. It cost them their freedom. They were put in the inner stocks, the Bible says, and they were fast, they fastened their feet in the stocks. They weren't going anywhere. Oh, well, then their mission is over, right? Because they're not out there. They're not able to freely proclaim the good news. So since we're in these stocks, since we've got everything to complain about, our mission is over. Is that right? Well, no. In fact, their reaction and response was unique. It was something that we longed to understand, I believe. Because put in the same situation... How would we respond? It's interesting to me that it's midnight whenever you start hearing about the activity of Paul and Silas. Notice what it says, verse 25. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. Wouldn't it be nice to know the content of that prayer? Of their prayers? You ever thought about that? I've thought about that a little bit. What were they praying? Lord, let us out of here. Were they saying, Lord, you know, we have an opportunity. Help us to be grateful in this opportunity to be able to speak for you. I don't know. Praying, it says, and singing. Well, we heard some good singing this morning, didn't we? I didn't understand half what you are saying. Although when you did get to the little hymns, like from the olden days, so to speak, I understood those and I thought, boy, that would have been nice to have those instruments back at Lake Charles Bible Church in 1975, right? We would have picked those hymns up a little bit, right? We had a piano and an organ. We have all that stuff. Oh, my goodness. The Bible says they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. I don't know that the praying and the singing just didn't kind of go together. They're praying and they're singing hymns of praise to God. It makes sense to worship the Lord when things are good. It doesn't make as much sense to your neighbor that's sitting by you when they know things aren't going so good. Think about, you come here every week. Are you doing well every week? Is every week good? Are all the experiences of life for you under the category of great or good or wonderful? All of them? No, they're not. Moms, there's times when you're grieving because of... A child who's wayward. By the way, that age has no restriction. They're wayward children at the age of 40 and moms are still grieving. Right? Life's hard. Life's messy. Life's hard. Life's messy for two guys who've committed themselves to the ministry of the Lord. But the Bible says they were singing hymns of praise to God. By the way, as good as anyone might sing, the praises that we sing are to the Lord. It's the object of our worship that's the issue. And the object of our worship is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Guys, we don't come here on a Sunday morning to listen to Ron sing or the choir sing, or the praise team sing. We get here, and that's what's going on. We come to sing hymns of praise to the Lord. And you come to hear the Word of God. You don't come to hear me. You come to hear the Word. That's what's expected anyway. But in this unusual circumstance... The Bible says that they were singing hymns of praise to God and praying. (laughs) Look at this next phrase. And the prisoners were listening to them. Why would I pause on that phrase? Because just as the prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas, people are listening to us. In the midst of hardship, people hear. In the midst of hardship, people watch. They watch. Tomorrow morning, I will officiate a funeral. Now, funerals for unbelievers is the end. But a funeral for a believer is a celebration. You believe that? Doesn't sound like it. A funeral for a believer is a celebration. It is as Tony Evans said. It's a promotion, not a demotion. But the church at times, I'm not so certain people can tell. They ought to be able to. If the Lord takes me home, you guys better be having a party. Because you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. We're going to celebrate the life of Lynn Jones. Now you talk about a person who had every reason to complain. She had debilitating arthritis. I don't even know that I could illustrate it for you. Her hands were like this. Her toes were the same way. She was miserable physically. Never heard her complain one time. You know, and you know how pastors are. They're going to go and they're going to minister to people, right? Yeah. She ministered to me every single time. Every time. And her wording, her phrasing, Dad, the Lord is so good. And there's so much to be thankful for. I'm sitting here going, what are you doing? Right? in my flesh thinking, how is she doing that? Christ. Proper perspective. You look at this. You go. How in the world are these guys. Singing. Praises. And praying to the Lord. Perspective. Hey. A lot of people in here have been through hard things. Physically. Right. One of the hardest things that you will battle in the Christian life. Is dealing with your faith when there are physical issues. Trust me on that. It happens. Well. Well. The Bible says they were singing hymns of praise to God and the prisoners were listening to them. <laughs> In other words, can I get a witness? Oh, they had witnesses. The Bible says, And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Hallelujah! Let's get out. That's what you'd be thinking, right? Right? The actions of these guys, hey, let's get out of here. Verse 27 says, when the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Why did he do that? Why did he draw his sword to take his life? Because he was responsible. And he knew it meant his life. The Bible says, Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do not harm yourself for we are all here. You ever thought about who all was there? Well, you know Paul and Silas were, who else was there? Right? How did that look? We don't know. But Paul says, we are all here. Whoever that was. And verse 29 says, And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) That's an amazing, amazing verse. You know what the Lord did? He worked through those two men in a unique circumstance where there was suffering and he used those men in the lives of this jailer. Now remember, back up in verse 25, the prisoners were listening to them. We have to assume as well, the jailer was because he was guarding them. How far was who I had no idea? Wasn't there. But the reality of it is this. There was so much influence through their singing and praying and worship that the Bible leads us all the way to the question that they ask. Hey sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know what that tells me about the praying and the singing? It was about Jesus Christ. Well, one might ask, what's the blueprint for a church when it comes to worship? Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's not that hard. Jesus Christ. So he asked the question, notice it's plural there, sirs, not just Paul. It wasn't hey, Paul, what must I do to be saved? Or, hey, Silas, what must I do to be... Hey, sirs, both of you, what must I do to be saved? And they said, they said, not Paul said, not Silas said, they said. There was agreement. You know, one of the hardest things to, to, to take place in the church today is agreement on the gospel. Did you know that? Did you know that? I tried to join a ministerium years ago. Meaning a group of pastors. It's just a fancy term for a group of pastors coming together to encourage one another. In the area. Only two of us could agree on the gospel. Two. Every other man outside of this one individual man works. Faith was always in there, but faith plus what we do in life, our works. In fact, it became so disturbing, we met a second time just to see if we could work this out. He calls me on the phone. He says, Hey, Thad, can you meet again? He said, I think we might have some other guys. I said, I'll come one more time. So I went, room, probably 15 men, 15 pastors. At the end of the discussion, still could not agree on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We sit here in this room and think, Oh, well, no, 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 no. This church teaches the gospel, and this one, and this one. You would be surprised. How many churches add to the gospel of grace works? They either add it on the front side or the back side. Meaning, they add it to the requirement or they say, hey look, you have to continue to do works in order to prove that you're saved. And so I left and I didn't go back. As the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through what? Faith. Plus what? And in that passage, Paul goes to great pains in Ephesians to say, not of works. Right? You look at that phrase and you're like, hey, why did he include that? Because man has a problem. He thinks he has to do something. There has to be more than than just this grace and this faith stuff. But Paul goes to great pains to say, And not of works. Why? Lest any man should what? Boast. Because salvation, just as he says in Ephesians 2, is about the Lord Jesus Christ. So they say to them, To the jailer, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. What does it mean to believe in the Lord Jesus? I mean, the demons believe, do they not? Yeah, they do. What does it mean to believe in the Lord Jesus? We got to get that right. (laughs) You got to get that right. Because otherwise, there's no difference. What's the difference? It's believing in what Jesus did for you and for me in taking our place and dying on the cross. He who knew no sin was what? Made sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So it's all about what he did for me and dying for my sin. Then you run into people who say, Well, I'm just not a sinner. I haven't done as, and this is how they do that. I'm not as bad as her, or I'm not as bad as him. That's not the issue. One man sinned. His name was Adam. And all sinned. And Paul's conclusion in Romans 3 is what? All have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. So it's not just believing that Jesus existed, it's believing in the Lord Jesus and that he died for our sins. In fact, Paul sums up that really, really well in 1 Corinthians 15. Listen to these words. He says now I make known to you brother in the gospel which I preached to you which also you received in which also you stand by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain here it is for I delivered to you as a first importance what I received that Christ died for our sins according to what scriptures he died for our sins according to in other words It was prophesied and it was fulfilled. It was prophesied and it was fulfilled. And the Bible says he was buried. Then it says, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Guys, without the resurrection, what we got? We got a dead Jesus. We have a live and living God. When I come to the end of my Bible, I'm always taken back by the judgments. Because there's a judgment that's coming for all who reject Jesus Christ. And I think I need to read this to close, just to kind of get you to think through the fact that you will stand, all of you, before the Lord one day. We talked about a couple of weeks ago, all who are in Christ, the church, will stand before the Lord Jesus at the Bema Seat Judgment. That's what the Bible tells us. But then in Revelation chapter 20, it tells us that those who don't know the Lord will stand before the Lord. And I want you to listen to what it says in Revelation chapter 20. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great, and the small standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. You want to be judged according to your works? Okay. Let's see how that works out. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. They were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into what? The lake of fire. Which, by the way, is a place of torment. It's not a place of annihilation, it's a place of a forever torment. So I ask you the question, is your name written in the book of life? Do you know that for certain? Or are you lost? Have you rejected Christ? You know, it's one of the most fascinating parts of this story, and I'll close with this. In Acts 16, is what happens post Message of salvation. Look at verse 32. It says, And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in, it, in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night. Who took them? The jailer took them. That very hour of the night and washed their wounds... And immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them. And rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. What happened to this man? He was changed. Oh, well, Paul and Silas changed that man. No. God used them as tools, as instruments. That man was changed that night because of the Lord. The Lord changed that man. Well, that's the message the Lord just gave me to give to you. Because as those guys were singing, I was like, you know, all of them have a story. Of how they came to Christ, and and they're up here sharing that with us, and and they're saying, Hey, we're going to go into the ministry. And I think that's wonderful. Let me see you for about 10 minutes when you're done. All right? The ministry, in one word, rewarding. Adding another word, hard. But there's nothing like it. I don't think I've worked in 33 years. The elders probably don't want to hear that. But when the Lord leads you to do something, isn't it a joy? So the ministry is a joy. And I'll tell you this, young people, because you look young to me you're going to run across many flavors of people. Kind of like ice cream. Baskin-Robbins has 31 flavors or something like that. There's lots of different flavors of people. And you know what's so wonderful? You get to be involved in their lives and you get to share with them what the Lord Jesus did for them and what He's doing in your life and in your heart. We need to pray for you guys that the Lord will bless your ministry. I assume y'all are going some other places to sing? The Decatur. Harvard. Yeah, there's not much to Decatur. But I hope you enjoy your time. Hopefully they have a great restaurant there. All right. well, Tim, thanks for bringing these guys. And uh, I believe they're going to uh, sing another song for us. And then uh, we'll close our time together. So you guys come on. All right.
6: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor. And it has been very special to be here and sharing with very special people as well. And Thank you because you have been singing with us. I have, I have seen you. And thank you. And the last song is called Is He Worthy? And we could uh, remind that to him be glory forever. And we invite you. to It's all a lyric in English. So if you want to sing with us, you can do it.
7: Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a shadow seeping? We mm-hmm. do. Do you know that all the dark won't stop? That you could see it all made new his soul creation running his a new creation coming his glory. Is it good that we remind ourselves of Thee?
0: like that song. All right, just a few uh, announcements before we uh, leave uh, today. Um, the first one is really not an announcement. It's more of a, uh, let me just share one more thing with you. Um, Paul Harvey used to do that, right? Um, if you don't know the Lord and you want to know the Lord, I'll be up here after the service. I'd love to talk with you about how you can come to know the Lord. Well, I already announced about the Springville Soccer Girls Championship 5A demolishing in love of Gulf Shores. A couple of weeks ago, Linda Bartlett announced about the baby bottle drive uh, that they're doing and their bottles out in the four-year, and next Sunday they have to be turned in, is that correct? I'm making sure i got that right. And so if you did not get an opportunity to take a bottle with you, take it, fill it up with change, checks, whatever that might encompass, and bring it back so that uh, these guys can, can receive the gifts that the Lord has given to us so we might be able to help that ministry. So we appreciate all that Linda does uh, in overseeing uh, that ministry also wanted to um, make the announcement about college graduates. Next Sunday, we will recognize our high school graduates. On the 28th, we will recognize our college graduates. And um, working in that ministry, it's really a fluid ministry, and uh, we see kids and then we don't see kids. And so you know what happens sometimes? They go from being like a freshman to a junior overnight, and next thing you know, they're graduating. So if you are a college graduate... And um, you um, are graduating this year. We would like to recognize you on the 28th. And if we do not have your name, if you could please contact the church office and just let us know that you've graduated from college. Now, I'm not talking about people who graduated from college 30 years ago. I'm talking about graduates this year. And so if you could do that, we would really, really appreciate it. I feel like I'm leaving one announcement out. Am I, Amanda? No? No? It's going to hit me when I leave that I forgot to tell you something. Oh, well, it's been great to see you. And um, I trust that all of you mothers have a wonderful Mother's Day. And just enjoy the day as your husband cooks lunch and dinner and all that kind of good stuff. Cleans the house, the toilets, those kinds of things, all right? Why don't we uh, stand and let's close together. Oh, I know what I forgot. Thank you, Lord. I need... I need all the Texas group going to Texas uh, to come up front. We want to pray for you guys. The mission trips are starting this week. And uh, thank you, Lord. And so, um, otherwise, I'd I had to deal with Brent, and he's like six foot five. So, if all the guys could come up here going to the uh, mission trip to Texas, we want to pray for you guys as you go. And uh, who are you motioning, Dean? Oh, okay. Here we go. Alright. So are you guys going to Texas? Or are you all just standing up? That's fine. You can stand. Everybody can stand. Alright. Let's stand and let's uh, close. Yeah.
6: Yeah.
0: No. Oh, is he here? No, no, no. They left. They left. Yeah. Alright. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the testimony uh, of your word and how we see uh, you work in the lives of people in a context where two men were um, in bonds, chains. Um, You used those two men in the life of the jailer and his family. Um, Lord, we recall all the times you work and we pray for the working of your Holy Spirit in the lives of people today. I especially pray for those in this building who may not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. I pray that the Spirit of God would convict these folks of um, their sin and and show them what Jesus Christ did for them in love and dying for their sins. Father, I pray for Tim and the group as they continue to travel, and I pray that you would just bless them and their ministry. I thank you for our time with these young people today. I pray you would encourage them, Lord, in you. And that they would uh, be encouraged to continue on in the ministry that you've called them to. Uh, I want to pray also for the uh, mission team going to Texas. We just commit them to you and just pray for the work and the ministry that will be done. And we're praying, most of all, Lord, that um, people could could come to know the Lord Jesus. And I pray for uh, the team leaders and that you would just give them... um, safety as they travel out and back home and I pray that this would be life-changing for those that are that are going on this trip and we just commit them to you I want to thank you Lord for all the mothers here today and I pray that this day and every other day would be a special day for them and I especially want to pray for the moms today that that have heartache in their life concerning their children and their grandchildren and Lord, I just pray for for healing in their heart and most of all that Um, Their children and and their grandchildren, great-grandchildren would come to know you. And so we just commit uh, the rest of this day to you and all these things. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, who is Savior and Lord. Amen. You are dismissed.